You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in the 10th and final week of a series that we're calling Truly Free. And uh, this has been a great series. And our, our theme verse has been John chapter 8, verse 36, where Jesus says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. And that's what I've been praying that you would experience over the last really three months as we've gone on this journey as a church. I've been praying that you would experience a life that you could describe as truly free. And this is a life that actually, like God through His Son Jesus paid for you to have. And uh, this, like last week, we actually started a two-part conversation on the Holy Spirit. And the big idea last week and this week is that freedom is not defined by what is absent. Freedom is defined by who is present. So let let me put it another way that freedom is not the absence of something. Freedom is the presence of someone. It's not the absence of the things in our life that we don't like. It's not the It's not the absence of addiction. It's not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of lust. It's not the absence of of these cycles of, of unhealthy thinking. That's not what freedom is. Freedom is actually the presence of someone specifically. Freedom is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, it is not enough to just get the wrong things out. Like we have to get the right person in. Here's why, because God never designed me and you to be empty, ever. So his desire is not to just get us empty. His desire is that we'd be full. And and, and that's what we've been talking about today. And and that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter three, verse 17, it says that wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is, say that last word with me, freedom. And that's why, when we're talking about a freedom series, we can't have the freedom series and not talk about the Holy Spirit because wherever that spirit is, wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. And last week, we answered a very important question. We answered the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And we talked about the Holy Spirit as three things. One, he is a person. He's not an it, he's a person. And what makes that so important is because We'll never have a personal relationship with him unless we see him as a person. And not only is he a person, but he's God. And then third, we talked about that he is our our advocate who loves to stand alongside us and to be able to point us to the ultimate advocate in heaven, Jesus. And we answered that question, who is the Holy Spirit? And this week, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, oh, today's gonna be good. Today, we're gonna answer another question and we're gonna answer this question, how do you receive, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? That's the question we're gonna answer today. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? And I wanna warn you, today may feel like you're taking a sip of water out of a fire hydrant. Uh, I'm not messing around today. Uh, I got a lot of content. I got a lot of scripture, absolutely no fluff, and I'm not apologetic about it. We are jumping in the deep end today, but I'm telling you, church, I'm going to give you my very best as we end this. I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of on the IR today. I woke up and my voice was kind of jacked up, but I don't care. I'm going to leave it all out on the field. I'm going to give you my very best today. I'm going to ask that you give me your very best 
that we don't go through the motions, that we don't just play church, but we really lean in on the edge of our seat, not to hear me, but so that you can hear God today. And I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm so excited for today. I'm fired up for today. And really because of two reasons. One is because this message, the first time I heard about it, completely changed my life. I mean, it was one of those defining moments in my life where my life was never the same the very first time that I heard the message that I'm going to share today. And so I'm so excited for you to be able to hear this. But then second, I want you to know I'm so excited because I've been praying for this week specifically in this series. And I believe with all my heart that God is here. I believe with all my heart. The Bible actually says that that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I don't know if during worship, if you realize, man, God is here. And God is here. And, and I think you're here for a reason. Every single one of you. And, and, and I believe with all my heart, and I've been praying for weeks, that today God would do something so significant in your life and in our church. That's where my level of faith is today. But I wanna take some time just to pray and to invite God to be able to speak to us, to remove all distractions, for us not to miss him, because I know he's here, but we could still miss him, right? So let's pray and let's ask God to, to speak to us today, okay? God, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here. And so God, I just ask, would you remove all distractions today, all of them? I know that we got lives, we got relationships, we got issues, we got things that we got to get to later today. We got big decisions that are upcoming. We've got all, we've got, most of us have these devices that are with us that can literally distract us from hearing you today. But God, we want to give you our very best today. Like we, we lean in to what you want to say to us today. And we open up our entire life to you. God, we open up our mind to you. We open up our heart to you. We open up everything. And God, we ask that you would speak to us. You set the agenda today. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to bring up, our answer is yes. And God, like, we don't want to go through motions. We don't want to play church. We don't want to just have this religious service and then walk out the same. But God, we want to encounter your presence and your power and your glory. And we wanna walk out of here different than how we walked in. So God, we give you permission to do whatever you wanna do. We love you and we love your son. We are so grateful for Jesus. And it's through Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, how many of you just by show of hands, have you ever heard of the word baptized? Just ever in your life, have you ever heard the word baptized? Now, I don't know what you think of, when you think of the word baptized, I think most people think that it is like this Christianese word that is only used in church. But if you look at the Bible, you see that in the original Greek language that the New Testament was written in, the word baptized comes, is this word right here, baptizo, uh, which means to immerse. That's actually the word in the Greek. I told you I wasn't messing around. I went Greek within the first like two minutes, okay? But, but that's the word, is baptizo, to immerse. So anytime you see that in your New Testament, that is the Greek word, it's baptizo. Now it's easy, I think, for us to think 
that that means only one thing. And I think for me growing up, I would always think of the word baptism as one thing, and that is getting dunked in water. But the Bible actually consistently mentions three different baptisms. Let me put it this way, that the Bible mentions three different immersions. And so let me, let me share those with you. Number one is that the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Another way to say that is something that we are big around here, and that is salvation. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit actually baptizes us into Jesus. This is actually the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It says, we have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. And then 10 verses earlier in verse 3, it says, no one can say Jesus is Lord. Nobody can experience salvation. Nobody can say Jesus is my Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this is talking about salvation. This is talking about when you get saved. This is when you go all in with God and make the decision to follow Jesus. This is when you make the most important decision of your life that affects your life after this life. It affects all the way through eternity. And these verses say that the Holy Spirit actually leads you into making that decision. So go back to the moment where you gave your life to Jesus. Go back to the date. Think about where you were. Think about the service that you were in, or maybe you were in your bedroom. Maybe you were at an event, like a, like a conference or a camp. Think about that moment. That moment, when you went all in with God, the Holy Spirit was there. And he was actually leading you to come to that moment. And he, that was a, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. And that decision, that salvation, you need to understand that is a baptism. That is an immersion. It's not just dipping your little toe in and just checking out, is everything okay? It's not halfway in, halfway out. It's not 50%. It's not a one-time decision that you just quickly move on from. It's not a compartmentalized part of your life or a part of your schedule. It's not religion. It's not behavior modification. It's not keeping this legalistic checklist of do's and don'ts. No, salvation is an immersion into your everyday life. It is an all-in, 100% relationship with Jesus that should affect every single area of your life, that it should affect every relationship that you have. It should affect your marriage. It should affect your parenting. It should affect how you are as a friend. It should affect how you are at work. It should affect your morality and your ethics. It should affect your sexuality. It should affect every single area of your life. It should affect how you handle money and how you handle time. That this is an immersion. It's an all-in, 100% relationship with Jesus. And here's why this is such a big deal. Because you need to understand theologically what happens when we get saved. Because when we get saved, we actually, the Bible says, we become a new person. We just don't are the same person. It says you become a brand new person. How many of you have ever heard the term born again? That you become born again. That's actually from the Bible. And that's what happens. You are born again. And when you make that decision, not only does God save you, 
Not only does your your eternity in heaven secure, not only do you become a new person, not only are you born again, but listen, God puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. Let me show you Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, it says, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Now, if you've never made the decision to give your life to Jesus, if you've never gone all in with God, let me just, let me just pastorally lead you for a moment. This is the first and most important decision of your life. Everything starts with that decision. Before you move on to all these other things of God, you, you, you cannot skip that. That is such an important part of every single person. Everything starts with this. And just so you know, just like we do every single week at our church, we're going to give you the opportunity to make that decision today right here at Queen City Church. But that's the first baptism. That's the first immersion. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Another way to say that is salvation. Here's the second. Write this down. Is that the disciples, the disciple baptizes us in water. In other words, another person baptizes us in water. And this is water baptism. This is what a lot of us think of when we think of the word baptize. We think of this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And let me make this clear. You do not have to be water baptized to be saved. I actually grew up in a tradition, in a denomination that taught that. It taught that you had to be water baptized to be saved. In fact, you had to, you, all of it, you had to get 100% immersed in there. If your hand was out, you would not have your hand in heaven. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, just you'd be, a, you'd be a pirate just with a hook, you know, if you did that. But I grew up in where, where that was taught. And honestly, I really wrestled with that for a long time. And, and where I've come, just in my spiritual journey, I just believe with all my heart that can't be true. And here's why that can't be true. Listen, God never attaches any work to the gift of salvation. It's free. It's free. By definition, a gift has to be free. Whenever a gift is no longer free, it is no longer a gift. And so it's so important to understand that God never attaches any work, even good work, to the, to the gift of salvation. It is free. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can only receive it. That's why it's a gift. In fact, Ephesians chapter two, some of the, two of my favorite verses in the Bible, verse eight and nine says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So it's not a reward for how much you serve at church. It is not a reward for how much money you give at church. It's not a reward for how, how, how passionate you are in worship and how you raise your hand. It is, it is nothing that we do. It's not a reward for the good things we have done. Why? So none of us can boast about it. But make no mistake about it. Water baptism is a very important step for every believer. And here's why. Because your salvation experience for most people is often a private, very intimate decision. 
And that's why at our church, we try to create private, intimate moments for you to make that decision. We don't ask people to make that decision and to experience that immersion in a very public way. We don't call you up to the front. We don't take you to some other room in front of everybody. We don't have you come and give a testimony. Do that. Thank God that you don't have to do that, right? (laughs) I'm not making that decision. No way. It's because we try very much. But listen to me. This is very important. That decision at some point needs to go public. Could you imagine being in a close relationship with somebody and you're like, yeah, but I don't want anybody to know about it. Because like the most important things to us, they have to go public. And listen, water baptism is going public with your faith. Water baptism is the same exact reason why I wear this wedding ring. You need to understand, I don't wear this wedding ring for Heather, my wife. I wear it for everybody else. Because this lets everybody else know that your boy is taken. You can't have any of this. That's what this communicates every day that I wear this. I like, nah, that's hers. And do that. That's the point of this wedding ring. But li- listen, listen, you, you got to get this. this. This ring does not make me married to Heather. The covenant, the vow that we made when we looked each other in the eyes on May 22nd, 2004, that's what makes us married. It was that decision. But all this does is it shows everybody, this is a public declaration of a private decision. And that is water baptism. It is a public declaration of a private decision. Let me ask you a very simple question. Does people in your life know that you follow Jesus? If they don't, you should. And one of the best ways to do that is going public with your faith in something that the Bible talks about, in something that Jesus himself modeled for us and as followers of Jesus, we should be water baptized. But let me just tell you, make sure that it's more than just going public because something supernatural happens theologically when we get water baptized. In fact, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, speaking of this, says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So theologically, here's how this goes together with salvation. When we get saved, we become a new person. But when we get water baptized, the old person is cut off. And that's a very big deal. And so if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, if you've experienced that first immersion, if you have experienced salvation, you said yes to grace by faith, but you've never been water baptized This is your next step. It just is. You need to go public with your faith. And by the way, our next Water Baptism Sunday, which is some of my favorite Sundays 
all year at our church is in three weeks. That's the next time that we are having water baptism here at our church. And I, if you've never taken that step, or maybe you've recently given your life to God, maybe you did when you were a child, but now you are all in with God in a fresh, new, life-changing way, this is your next step. And I want to encourage you, you can sign up right now. And even later, whenever we respond, maybe the response that you need to make today is to say, I'm going to go online and I'm just going to sign up. I'm, not, I'm just going to do it. It's time for me to take that step. Again, that's happening in three weeks. You can go ahead and sign up right now. Go to our info page, queencitypeople.com info, and you can find a place to be able to sign up today. So that's the second baptism, the second immersion. But there's one more. There's a third. And here it is, number three, and that's Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Another way to say that is spirit baptism. Let me show you this in the Bible, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. And this is actually John the Baptist talking. And he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, talking about Jesus, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be a slave and to carry his sandals. He, Jesus, listen, he will baptize you with, another word for that Greek word right there is is another uh, word in. So it can be translated, will baptize you with or will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, there's a lot of teaching around this, and there's, there's, some, there's some people, there's some traditions that actually teach that this third baptism is the same thing as the first baptism, that this is the same exact thing as salvation, but they're not. In fact, if you think about it, the first one, remember, it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In, in, in this one, the third one, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So theologically, they cannot be the same. But get this, grammatically, they can't be the same. Those are different words. So one is baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's baptizing you into Jesus. But number three is they switch positions, and it's baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. Now, all three of these are important. And all three of these immersions and baptisms all play a very significant role in our spiritual journey. Let me show you. This is where it's so cool. It all comes together here. Because theologically, when we get saved, we become a new person. And when we get water baptized, the old person is cut off. But then when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we receive, come on, the power to live our new life. Do you see how all three go hand in hand? Do you see how all three of these baptisms and immersions are so important and so needed in our lives? So if you are new to our church, you need to know that we believe that the life that God offers is the best possible life that we could ever live here on planet Earth. Our church has gone all in from day one over the last five years to really believe that the life that Jesus offers us is better than any other life that we could ever experience here on planet Earth. And here's what I want you to understand, is that the Holy Spirit actually gives us the power to live that life. 
He gives us the power to live life his way. If you've ever thought that living for God was uphill, if you ever thought this seems impossible, then the Holy Spirit actually empowers us to live life his way. He gives us the power to face anything that life throws at us. He gives us the power to overcome fear and insecurity, guilt and shame. He gives us the power to overcome our past and to step into our future. He gives us the power to defeat sin and to walk in freedom. And he gives us the power to change things we never could change ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but I desperately want that type of power. And truthfully, not only do I want that type of power, I need that type of power. Like, I'm desperate for it. Because here's the thing, I know what I can do on my own. I know what I can do in my own strength. I know what I could do in my own power. And the truth is, it's not enough. It never has been enough. It's not enough right now. And it never will be enough. I don't have what it takes by myself to be able to live the life that God has called me to be. I need that power. And look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. You need that power too. Because you're not strong enough by yourself. You don't have the strength by yourself. You need that type of power too. And some of you are saved. Some of you have been water baptized. But deep down, if you and I were just to go to a coffee today and we'd sit across, and if you were honest, you would say, but I'm still living a powerless life right now. The picture that God gave me as I was praying for, I don't know why God does this, but he gave me a picture when I was thinking about this part of the message is that some of you are like a vacuum cleaner that hasn't been plugged in. And there's messes in your life and you're trying your very best to just roll that thing. And hopefully some of the little brushes will pick up some of the things that are in there. But how many of you know that's not how that was designed to be? You need to take that outlet and you need to plug it. You need to take that and plug it into an outlet. And then it comes with power to be able to pick up the things. And I think some of you, you may be experiencing life right now. And you feel like, man, I am living powerless life. Some of you are absolutely owned by the same exact sin, the same destructive behaviors, the same toxic thinking, the same unhealthy patterns over and over and over and over again. And you desperately need power to experience the freedom that God already paid for you to have. Some of you are here and right now you are literally crippled by fear and crippled by insecurity. You are paralyzed by hurt and loss and pain and heartbreak and rejection from the past. And those things are like anchors to your soul that literally keep you from moving forward. It feels like you are stuck and you need power to experience breakthrough. And listen, this is the baptism. This is the immersion that you need. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need power that is beyond yourself. Let me show you some examples of all three of these baptisms, all three of these immersions in the Bible. Acts chapter 8 is what I had you turn to at the very beginning. It says this in verse 12. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news. And by the way, the gospel is always good news, always. If it's ever bad news, it's not the gospel. 
Okay, but the fact that God loves us so much that he sent his only son so that he would die for us and and be able to give us eternal life, that is always good news, amen? And it says that the people believed Philip's message of this good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the first baptism, that is salvation. And as a result, many men and women were baptized, talking about water baptism. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit had not come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's baptism in the Holy Spirit. All three baptisms in one story in the Bible. Let me give you one more example. I could have given you like five. We just don't have enough time. But let me give you one more that I love. First John chapter five, verse seven. It says, for there are three. Everybody say three. Three. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which, by the way, represents Jesus. All throughout the book of John, John actually refers to Jesus as the capital W Word. So it says the Father, Jesus, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. This is the doctrine of the Trinity that we talked about last week. Listen to the very next verse. So those are the three witnesses in heaven. But then it says this in verse 8. And there are three. Everybody say three. Three, that bear witness on earth. So what bears witness on earth? The spirit, the water, and the blood. And blood, by the way, always represents salvation. And these three agree as one. Well, let me show you this way. Uh, I I told you last week, I, I love to think about things in a way and try to explain them in a way that takes something very complex. And I think this is a very complex topic. And maybe there's a lot of things that are attached to it, but here's, here's a really good way to, to understand it. Let me just explain it this way, just through metaphor. Imagine that this bottle, that it represents you. It, represent, it represents a person, okay? Here's what happens with the very first baptism. You ready? This is what happens with salvation. That is you open yourself up to all that God has for you. And so it, it's as simple as that. I, I'm opening up. I'm saying yes to what God has. And then whenever that happens, we have the ability, please don't spill, to receive the Holy Spirit. Go back to Ephesians 1. That's what it says. It says that when you make that decision, that you receive the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's awesome. That's great. But God has more. By the way, I'm putting this on. Theologically, you stay open. But I have to do this because I don't want to spill. There's a lot of expensive stuff up here, okay? But then with the second baptism, it's water baptism. Remember, it's going public with your faith. So this, was, this is a private, intimate decision, but that decision was never meant to stay private, right? And so then here's a bunch of other believers that are here. So when you go public with your faith, you're letting everybody know this is the decision that I made. But the amazing thing is, is that that's exactly what happened in Acts 8. People made that decision, made that decision, and then the people rolled up on the scene. They're like, wait, there's more. 
there's still another baptism. There's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And whenever you experience that baptism, here's a picture that happens. And theologically, it's sort of accurate. <laughs> because I asked them if they would like just build a massive swimming pool because I think that would be more accurate. But this will have to work. But let me show you what happens in the third baptism. Is that whenever you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is that you get completely immersed front to back. Now imagine that being in a massive ocean. That's what you experience, is that you're completely immersed, completely full, top to bottom, head to toe, front to back, completely immersed in the Holy Spirit. Those are how all three work together. So here's the big question is that I get this one. I get this one. But I think for so many of us, how do I get this one? Because I understand, like, I receive that by faith, and maybe I pray a prayer, maybe I do that, and I understand that, hey, I go and sign up or just spontaneously in three weeks make the decision, I'm going to be water baptized in front of a group of people, and I'm going to go public with my faith. But how do I experience this third one? How do I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm so glad that you're asking that question because I'd love to tell you. And, and here's what I want you to, to, to experience today is that a lot of times we can make it so much harder than it is. But I love that it's so much easier than what we think. Because let me show you this in Luke chapter 11. Verse 13, listen to this. Oh, this is such a great verse. It says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So how do you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It is very simple. You ready? Simply ask and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And here's the key, by faith. So you wanna know how to experience that third? Just simply ask and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith. And some of you may see that and you're like, wait, that's it? Like just ask and receive? Yep. By, just, just by faith? Yes, it's that simple? Yep. You mean I don't have to do a bunch of stuff? You mean I don't have to like be following Jesus for this certain length of time? I don't got to read a certain amount. I don't got to, I don't got to jump through a bunch of theological hoops. There's not like 17 classes that I have to do first. No, it's simply ask and receive and the, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I intentionally underlined those last two words by faith. Here's why. Because there's no way that you can avoid this whole faith thing in following Jesus. Like you can't. Like you can, you can learn and you can understand to a point. There are certain things of God, I'm just telling you, you will never be able to fully understand. Isaiah actually says that his ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts. It would be like a painting, fully figuring out and understanding the painter. 
And I'm telling you, there are certain things that we will never be able to fully understand. So you can learn and understand to a point, but eventually you're going to have to take a step of faith because almost everything, if you think about it in the kingdom of God is by faith. Let me prove it. How, how, do, you, how do you really receive salvation? It's by faith. Let me ask you a question. How do you know after you make that decision that you're actually saved? It's by faith. Like, how do you settle that in your soul? How do you not just respond every single time that's open? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, at some point, how do you know that you know that you know that you know that my eternal destiny is secured and when this time is over, I get to go spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? How do you know? Do you get something in the mail? It's by faith. How do you know that when you pray that God hears you? It's by faith. You ever thought about that? How do you know that God's going to answer that prayer? It's by faith. How do you know that if you keep the Sabbath, that God can do more with six days than you can do with seven? It's by faith. How do you know that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100% if you tithe? It's by faith. How do you know that God is working all things for your good? It's by faith. And how do you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Say it with me, by faith. Because everything in the kingdom of God is by faith. Now, this message, it means the world to me. I told you the very first time that I heard this message, it completely changed my life. And it's like, it literally changed my life. And just let me explain, if I would, just a little bit of my story with all three of these baptisms. Because I grew up in church. That's my story. I mean, my story is there was never a time in my life where I've been away from the house of God. I grew up in a family where we were there every single time the doors were open. It was the same rule at school. Unless you had a one-on-one degree temperature, we were getting up, we're going to church. And it didn't matter, we were there all the time and it was old school church. I mean, we had, we had church all the time. We had Sunday school. How many of you know about Sunday school? Come on, Sunday school. That's a bad name, by the way. I don't know. Let's teach kids. You know, they'll be excited. Let's call it school, you know. Nope. Okay. Sunday school. We had Sunday school. We were there every single week. We were there. Then we had Sunday morning service. It felt like we had like a 47-minute gap. And then we'd come back for Sunday night church. It'd be different than Sunday morning church. And then we have Wednesday night church. And then we had all these extra events and everything. And my family was there every single time. And the truth is, like my experience with God at that time growing up, I knew a lot about God. I was taught. I literally was, uh, like I knew a bunch of facts. In, in, in Sunday school, I would win all the games and we'd play Bible baseball and Bible Jeopardy and we'd do sword drills. Anybody know sword drills? It's wherever they, they would get the whole class, they give you a Bible and then they give you a scripture and whoever could find it the fastest, I'd win them all. I mean, I was just telling you, I'd, I'd get competitive. I'm like, man, I'm gonna win this thing. And I knew a lot about God, but I didn't have a relationship with God for a very long time. In fact, like even that terminology felt so foreign to me. I would hear somebody say something like that, like, hey, you could have a relationship with God. And I'd be like, what? Like, I don't even know what that means. 
like I know a lot of these facts. I know the books of the Bible. I did that. But, and that really led me on this journey of the fact that there had to be more. I don't know if you've ever had that thought before. I bet you have. I bet that there's been a point in your life where you started to think about your life and you started to think about the things of God and you started to think about church and God and like what I'm experiencing and just thinking like there has to be more than what I'm experiencing. And I want you to know that this church was actually built on that thought. That this church was built on the thought that there is more. That no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, some of you are in year one of following Jesus right now. And I want you to know that God has more for your life. There's always next steps. But some of you are here and you've been following Jesus faithfully for decades, 40, 50 years. And I want to look you in the eye and say, God's not done with you yet. There is more for you. God's got more for each and every one of us. And so I kept thinking, there has to be more. There has to be more. And that led me on a journey. Then on June 25th, 1999, on the back porch of a building at my college is where I experienced more. It wasn't in a service. It was on a back porch. And I was on my knees, really on my face before God. And literally, it was like the truth of everything that I'd heard my whole life went from my head and finally hit my heart. And the truth of the good news of the gospel became so real to me in that moment. And I knew that I needed Jesus. And so on that day, I went all in with God. I gave him my life. I received the first baptism, that first immersion. The Holy Spirit was there on that back porch leading me to that moment and saying, you need to give your life to Jesus. The best decision of my life. And I made that decision later. Pretty soon after that, I made the decision to be water baptized and I went public with my faith. And I made the decision, man, I'm gonna give them my whole life and I went and do that. Now, fast forward to 2012. At that time, I was in my 30s and I've been in full-time ministry eight years, but I still had not heard anything, anything about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what life was like at that time, because I was saved. I'd been water baptized. I was living my life for God. I was in full-time ministry trying to help other people experience what I'd experienced. But I felt like every, I was like barely keeping my head above water. It's like every day, every week, it felt like I had to try so hard just to be able to do what God was calling me to do. And that was everything. That was in, in my life, in my ministry, in my family, in my marriage. And what that led to is that for day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, living that way, I just felt exhausted. I was constantly physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted. And on top of all that, at that point, I'd been experiencing physical problems that I couldn't shake for about six months, which scared me half to death. Because I've always been a very 
healthy person could get through something really fast. And for six months, I was not able to shake certain physical problems. And then one night in 2012, in my 30s, eight years of full-time ministry, instead of vegging out like I normally did, instead of just escaping into sports center or social media or something like that, I really felt like God was saying, will you spend some time with me, some intentional time with me tonight? And so on that night, I grabbed my Bible, an iPad, and a notebook. And I didn't think anything was gonna come of this. And I sat down and I watched the message from what was gonna be my, my future pastor. And it was entitled, The Baptism in the Holy Spirit, the third baptism. And all I can tell you is that that night, it's like I was wrecked. And let me tell you what wrecked me so much is because one, I was so excited that there was more. But it was like this roller coaster of emotions because I was so scared of what that would be. But then the overwhelming thought that I kept having over and over again is that I felt like, have I been doing this whole thing called life for 30 years in ministry, full-time ministry, trying to help other people for eight on my own power? I'm doing it all myself. And that was the overwhelming thought that I kept thinking. So I was so emotional that night that I had to go to my guest bedroom so I didn't wake up my wife and went into our guest bedroom and on the floor face down before God I asked for more of God and I asked to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and in that moment it was the first and only time that I've ever experienced supernatural healing there's all those symptoms that I'd experienced for six months, gone. Now, I, I can't explain why. I can't tell you the reason why. How many of you have ever heard the term signs and wonders? Anybody ever heard of that? Well, I wondered why that happened too. I don't know, okay? Like, I can't explain it. I've never experienced that since then, but I know that that's what I experienced. But I, here's what I know, is that from that moment on until today, like my life has been radically different. I've, I have operated with more power than ever before in my life. I'm telling you what used to feel like rowing now feels like sailing. What used to feel like swimming now feels like I'm riding a jet ski. I'm telling you, there's been an access to power. And I truly believe that that moment, that baptism, that immersion, like that, that power that it launched me and empowered me to where I am today including God speaking to me on a random Tuesday about planting a brand new life-giving church, which led me and my family on a journey to launch Queen City Church on September 16, 2018 in the greatest city in the world with the greatest people in the world. And now five plus years later, 
we are in the middle of a miracle. And I truly believe that. And I say that with integrity in my heart, but I want you to understand that the whole process and everything that we've experienced and this whole thing was empowered by the Holy Spirit. There was power that led to this. And if he can do that for me, oh, smile, man, he can do that for you and so much more. Like there is power available to you through the Holy Spirit to live the life that God has called you to live. And that is a life, guys, that is truly free. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.